Hello, happy Wednesday. This is Nurse Faith. Welcome back to Radiant Health. I hope you have been enjoying some of the longer episodes on some larger topics. I want to start something new as of this week, which is to do a five-minute treatment spotlight on specific procedures and treatments each week. So I want to start with Botox, and it's interesting because when I put out an episode on preventative skin treatments, this has been the most played episode so far, so I know that there's a lot of interest in it, and I know that people ask me a lot of questions about Botox after that episode. In addition, I want patients to feel comfortable with each and every treatment and procedure that we're doing, which involves being informed, and I find that Botox is still one that people feel hesitant about, naturally so, and so I want you to feel, again, informed, and I want to answer some questions and some concerns that people might have about this use of medication. And I like to remind people and use the word medication because that is what it is. Botox has 11 therapeutic uses as a drug. When using Botox injections, they help prevent a muscle from moving for a limited time. So these shots can often be used, again, to smooth wrinkles on the face. That is the cosmetic use that we go to and think about. But they're also used to treat neck spasms, sweating, overactive bladder, lazy eyes, and other conditions of overactive muscle syndromes. You've probably also heard it to treat things like TMJ and even migraines. So some people will go see a neurologist for use of uh, Botox for migraines. And in my case, I treat a lot of larger masseter muscles, those muscles right by your jawline. And those often help people with teeth grinding, which in turn help people with headaches. But that's not what people care about, right? And I see, I work five days a week and I'll see 30 to 40 Botox patients a week when I was calculating that, which is pretty significant. Botox is easily the number one non-invasive procedure in 2020. The data showed that over 7.4 million people in the U.S. are receiving Botox. Here's why a nurse I feel comfortable with using Botox. So Botox shots, again, they block certain chemical signals from nerves that cause the muscles to contract. So what we're doing is causing an easing of the movement of the facial muscles. We could talk about the neuromuscular junction and get all into the science, but that's not what people really want to hear about. So I want to talk more about aesthetically what it does and what other alternatives do you have and is it truly the best treatment? Briefly, yes, it is the best treatment to prevent and to help with wrinkles. So let's think about this. If you take a piece of paper and you crumple it up in your hands, and that is a mechanical, again, crumpling, wrinkling of paper, you're never going to get that paper back to its normal, completely flattened out, perfectly smooth state, right? So similarly with your facial muscles, if we are getting that mechanical contraction of the muscles, usually of the frontalis, the glabella, and then around the eyes, there's some muscles that we treat in there depending on the main concerns. But if you are having these muscles contract, they are going to form lines of the skin at its surface. So yes, we can use the lasers, microneedling, and other resurfacing mechanisms to help once there's wrinkles already formed at rest, otherwise known as static lines. So again, at rest. But there is no other treatment that treats wrinkles and prevents wrinkles at the root of the issue, which is muscle contraction. We always want to be treating anything in regards to health at the root issue. And to be quite honest with you, when I worked in the hospital setting and I would be giving someone 30 pills for their their blood pressure, their diabetes, or this and their that, I feel more comfortable injecting Botox in people's facial muscles and knowing measurably what that does and what outcomes and how precise, predictable, and science-backed that is than I felt handing out pills like candy and the, the side effects of that and not treating at the root of all of those issues that I was seeing in the hospital setting. 
Again, super different context, but I just want to tell you again why I feel comfortable as a provider utilizing this medication and why I feel safe in using it. Again, it's precise, predictable, and I know exactly what outcomes I'm going to get when I dose it and place it accordingly. That's another great thing to point out. So with the main Botox indications, we've got three areas that they typically talk about in the upper face. You've got the middle of your eyebrows, your forehead, and around your eyes or your crow's feet. In these areas, the main average dosing, full dosing is 64 units. What's more important to note here is one that will individualize and create a unique treatment plan for your dosing based on your concerns, but it's also very placement-based to get a natural and good-looking outcome. This is where seeing a provider and staying with the same person is crucial because your muscles are going to react a certain way and we need to tailor and perfect your dosing and your placement so that it looks the best for your own face. If you have a concern of upper face wrinkles, this is absolutely the way to treat that problem at its root and to prevent it. So I hope this makes you feel a little bit more comfortable about these injections. Please reach out with any questions. We're rolling a little over five minutes, but I hope that this helped with a little snippet about Botox and making you feel more comfortable about this as a treatment. Treating and preventing wrinkles is a lot more powerful than it sounds at its surface. When you take someone and they feel five years younger because they have less lines on their face and they feel more confident in their skin, it's really, really powerful to see what that does for someone and how they carry themselves in everyday life. In addition, my younger patients love it preventatively. They love the glow, the healthy glow that it gives their skin, and the preventative options are always the best way to go when we're having a main concern. It can even be genetic. If you have someone in your family, um, your mom, your grandma has more extensive wrinkles, that can be something that starts to affect you when you're younger, and that can be a big mental toll on someone. So this is a one another one of those treatments that when we take all that into play, preventative measures might be more useful for some than others. I hope this makes you feel a little bit more comfortable on this popular treatment option for overall for wrinkles, but there's lots more indications. Come in for a consult. That's the best way to decipher what we can do with dosing and uh, frequency and all that good stuff. Making people feel young and vibrant and using these treatments is one of the reasons why I love working in aesthetics. Working your muscles in the context of working out and exercising is a great way to stay young and to stay fit and to add years to your life. And treating facial muscles at the root cause of their contraction that causes wrinkles and lines of the face is a great way to appear younger and keep your skin looking healthy and radiant. So I know this ran a little more than five minutes, but I hope these little treatment spotlights are helpful. Please reach out to me with questions. This is a topic that, again, I know can be slightly controversial so I want to answer all the questions and make you feel comfortable. Also, you don't have to do it. We can talk about alternatives. So thank you for listening. I hope, again, these are going to be good little short, informative episodes. I hope you have a lovely week. As always, keep the feedback coming and let me know what kind of questions that you have, what kind of treatments that we can spotlight to help you to achieve radiant health.